Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing 2000s Down to You. And in it, if you haven't heard of it, Good for you. <laughs> it's it's really bottom tier stuff that we're working with. It's it's worse than I expected. And I didn't have I mean, it has three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and I, f- I actually feel like it's deserved this time. Like a lot of the time I'm just like, oh, can everybody chill out? Oh yeah. I feel like we've if anything, you and I both advocate for movies and and will even when they're bad, we'll, we'll, we'll say, hey, this doesn't deserve 15% or whatever. But right. 3%, yeah, just, just even just for confusion. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really strange because, okay, <laughs> this, this is a movie about college students who, you know, as they move into young adulthood. So the, the time periods are from, like, college... And adulthood, like early adulthood. I don't think that at that age, there's any real reason for a framing device in which you're looking back on your relationship because you're not old enough to have any perspective on it yet. It's weird. Yeah, it's not it's not shots of them in their 50s, you know, having flashbacks and narrating their first love or even like late 30s this is like i i think at the end of the movie i mean well or the beginning however you want to say it they're still in their 20s or maybe early 30s yeah they're still they're they're still in their 20s at the end of this movie get out of your feelings (laughs) like it's so weird um so down to you uh 2000 miramax film so we once again we're back with miramax the last miramax film that we covered was the pallbearer (laughs) Woo! <laughs> These are very different tones, but they both are very self-important. Very. Once again, we are in dude rom-com territory. Um, this was written and directed by Chris Isaacson in his only feature film. Before this film, he made a short called Man About Town. He made this film in 2000 and he has been he did he did three TV movies afterwards and then a TV series which I can't tell if it still exists. I can't tell also what channel it's on. I've never heard is it a web series? I don't know. Anyway, um not a lot of stuff of note. Uh one of the TV movies that he's done is called Husband for Hire. I mean, sounds like something I need to watch. So I feel... You feel like this is maybe the, the tier know of content enough. that he creates? I'm calling it content because I don't even want to call it a movie. It's Because it, it's, it's hardly a movie. It's, it's a film in which a guy... Yeah. Is sitting in a coffee... A 20-year-old guy is sitting in a coffee shop... Looking back on his college relationship, talking to the camera, so presumably no one. Yeah, we, we, there's no, it's not like he's actually sitting with anyone or, yeah, being interviewed. So it's just like him, 
having a Truman show talking to the camera moment um, about the nature of love and, you know, first love and how poignant first love is and, and his, how like, this is his story of his first love and, and the complicated turns it took. So yes, we have Freddie Prince Jr., Julia Stiles, Selma Blair, Sean Hatozzi, Zach Orth from those uh, Wet Hot American Summer content is mostly what I know him from. We've got Ashton Kutcher, Osario Dawson, and then Henry Winkler, and then Lucy Arnaz. Is it Lucy Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's daughter <laughs> is here too, playing? playing okay so uh this is this is a weird thing and has like very little to do with the plot but i had no idea that lucy arnaz was playing freddie prince jr's mom because the way that they interact with each other does not seem like a mother and son the way they interact i don't even with each remember other. her being in the movie that's how that's how little it stuck because like her because his dad is henry winkler we're, we're supposed to believe that her, that uh freddie prince jr is is the child of henry winkler and lucy arnaz that's weird enough but he talks to his dad like a dad i thought that lucy arnaz was playing his dad's girlfriend because they almost never talk she he almost she never will, talks to her yeah she doesn't really appear in the movie that much and yeah it, it does it feels more like um Henry Winkler has a relationship with her, and he has no like he like has Henry no Winkler relationship like with the his middle. Mom. Yeah, he's like the middleman between Freddie Prince Jr. and Lucy Arnaz. It's it's so weird because it's like he doesn't have a mom because he almost never talks to her. He never goes to her for advice. Whenever he has like career issues, he only talks to his dad. He never talks to his mom for anything. It's so strange. The only time that like anyone talks to women in this movie is if they want to fuck them or in the case of Rosario Dawson she's just there <laughs> if they want to smoke weed with her yeah she's like she's like the the resident pothead like everybody's a pothead but she's like the one with Rosario like, Dawson's like the only the one who seems like she's in college honestly yeah she is because she's just constantly trying to have a good time and she's constantly chilling and she's always hanging with like different dudes and she's not she doesn't not really worry about it she's just yeah. like oh do you want to go to the party okay cool hey you want to smoke oh he's cute Everybody else is like everybody is acting like they so are a million out. years old. Oh my gosh. It's so strange. It's really weird. Like it it begins like like Julia Stiles. I think Freddie Prince Jr. is supposed to be a sophomore in college. They, yes. they also try to make this these details way more important than they need to be. Like they the, he's a sophomore and Julia Stiles is a freshman. Um, and he's like, Wow, like a cool freshman. And I'm just like, You're what? Like I <laughs> I, I just like they're they're all talking about you know they're I mean in college I do feel like everybody talks about their majors and people size each other up, but the way they do it in this movie, you would think they were in grad school. Like there's like everyone more acts of an like grad students. Yeah, there's definitely that level of like kind of um, existential angst, you know, and and like and I don't mean that. Yeah, it, it's just weird. I'm like they don't feel twenty. They don't, and like, and, and and I didn't even check. But let's see how old everyone is, because this is just—it was, it was driving me nuts. Okay, let's do a little let's math. See here, Julia Stiles. I got her. Um, Julia Stiles. Okay, in this, at the time of this movie, Freddie Prince Jr. was twenty-four, and he seems 
24. <laughs> Julia. Oh, wow. So Julia Stiles was only um, 19. Julia Stiles, I just think. Is but she's always had a really mature aura. Definitely. Like a much older soul. Yeah. She's always, she's had a certain confidence, especially for like um, somebody, an actress who plays like a female protagonist in like a rom-com. She just seems so sure of herself. She doesn't feel like a college student. Yeah, out of everybody, it looks like Zach Orth is the oldest, which makes sense because I don't understand why this character is in college. And he basically leaves college pretty early to become a porn star. Is that what he does? I think so. But that scene is so quick. It's so weird because it's like, so quick. We- it's like this queen. See, this queen. <laughs> I like that Freudian slip. This scene where his friendship is supposed to be fractured with Freddie Prince Jr., yeah, well, the thing is, is that like it, it's he when when we meet them, it, it's um it's Freddie Prince Jr., it's Sean Hotozi, it's Zach Orth, and they're all talking, and then Zach Orth is basically telling them that he has gotten into porn, and Sean Hotozi's just like, "How? I'm more handsome than you. What are you doing in porn?" And basically, Zach Orth is just like, "I'm I don't know. I'm confident and I'm well endowed, so that's how I get to be in porn." And like, you're not confident, and you're and that's. That's like the opening scene actually is well right. after after Freddie Prince Jr. narrates and says, like, you know, let's go back to my first love. Yeah. Then it goes to the flashback and it's like him and his buddy, Zach Orth. Um, and like Zach Orth seems to be like as the movie goes on, he gets further and further into porn to the point where when he stops being friends with Freddie Prince Jr., he's getting ready to do a lecture on like censorship in film like he's gotten to the point where he's like a spokesperson for yeah, his he's genre. like a porn ad i was like kind of more interested in the porn storyline <laughs> even though it was not well developed um than the actual love storyline and oh my god so i so let's do everybody's names okay freddie prince jr is al Connolly. yeah um it's it's funny too because none of the women get last names but all of the men do <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like the women are just waiting to to get a last name from whatever dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so Julia Stiles is Imogen, Selma Blair is Cyrus, which there's a whole to-do about, like, because Selma Blair plays uh, a, a sex worker, like a sex actress named Cyrus, and she's just, like, very, just... She's very Selma Blair. Don't you like I, I feel like oh. and I was think I was thinking about this during the movie. What movie like can you think of a movie during that time period, like the nineties and the early two thousands, where Selma Blair wasn't just trying to like it was like giving bedroom eyes and trying to fuck someone? Yeah. No, I was thinking <laughs> that too. I was like, cause she has great bedroom eyes. Like she knows what she's doing. Um I mean it's kind of funny that cruel intentions She's like less like that because she's getting duped, but she's still trying to fuck. Yeah, she's still yeah she's um, still clearly trying to like get some. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I was thinking I was like this does feel like a perfect role for Selma Blair, even though this role and this whole movie is, is an abomination that should not exist. Because um, it just this movie feels like um, an outline. Like people had several outlines for movies, and then they just kind of all pieced them together, and then they didn't actually write scripts, and then they just shot it. Like that. That's how disjointed it feels. Yeah, um, because it, it's 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 supposed to be chronicling this relationship, but 
the relationship itself isn't really that interesting and it takes place like so much of the film takes place in like a full a full school year and i'm just like what do we get like we have sean hitozi who has sex with rosario dawson after hooking up with her it's it's a weird scene because basically it's like oh guys who are we gonna fuck and zach orth who plays a character named monk monk jablonski like like what where did these names come from like what like i feel like i'm being trolled here yeah it's like he he they're just they're talking about like being well endowed and confidence and whatever and they're just like oh gonna get laid tonight so what are you gonna do and zach or just like points to rosario dawson and, and is like shanatosi you take her and then freddie prince jr is like oh who am i gonna have and then zach or just like points at julia stiles it's like okay you're gonna get her and i'm just like mm, we're just pointing I'm like is this entourage what's like, happening what's <laughs> and they just and it works it does that's the worst part is it works and like I mean, with Freddie Prince Jr., like I see it because he's such a cutie, um, and he's li- he's like the least insidious of his friend group. Like I feel like his dude friends are both just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get laid," and Freddie Prince Jr. is like, "Okay, yeah, I guess I would like sex too. <laughs> How do I do that?" Yeah, and it's like, like and Sean Hatosi, his his journey is the weirdest one because. I'm not sure what his deal is for most of the movie. For a lot of the movie, I thought that he was gay. And yeah. that's not the case. So he obviously has hangups about his sexuality. And he f- it feels like he's always trying to prove something to his friends. Like, he's always trying to prove to them that he can get laid. But they never actually, like... There's one time... Um, where Monk uh, like makes a joke and he's like, oh, you couldn't do porn because you're not well-endowed enough. That's the only time that Sean Hatozi is like really teased by his friends. But he has this complex where he's he, just like... He's got like a full complex. It's really weird and I don't know where it... Con- There's no context for it in the movie. So I'm just like, okay, are you all right, dude? Like, I don't even like you, but like, what's going on? Like, yeah, because, okay, so he, he hooks up with Rosario Dawson and... He has, like, a full emotional breakdown, like, crying because Rosario Dawson put her finger up his ass. Oh, yeah. And this is, like, in the first 15 <laughs> minutes of the movie. And I was cracking up. He's like, and he's he like even, does this mean I'm gay? Yes. He completely loses it. And it's so weird because... Oh my, because you're just wondering what's going on with him the whole time. And what it seems like as we track him throughout the film is that he feels emasculated and he feels intimidated by women. It's like he wants women, but he feels intimidated by them, which is funny because I really thought he was gay, but he's just intimidated by women. And just, I mean, I mean, what do spoilers mean for this movie? He basically just spoil everything. He basically just ends up with like this very quiet, meek, like nerd girl. And it, it, it just seems like to be implied that like, this is the girl for him because she's not going to make him feel less of like less of a man. And also she has lower standards. Yeah. It feels creepy to me in the sense that it feels like there's this implication that, well, she don't worry. She probably has low self-esteem, so she'll never call like 
She'll never make me feel bad about myself because she'll just be so happy I'm with her. Yeah, That's because what it feels uh, like. he even calls her the economy catch. Yeah, I was like, I <laughs> honestly, of of you know, it's funny because um, because uh, Zach Orth has such a strange journey, but I feel like um, Sean Hatozi is the most likely to become a men's rights activist. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. He's like hovering on that edge. Um, and it's just because yeah. he needs a therapist. Like he doesn't need. It's so weird. He he gets this girl because he she sees that he's that she's fighting with her boyfriend, and he just jumps into the fight because he knows that the guy he like sizes up the guy and he's like, oh, I could win, and he yeah. just jumps in, and the guy's just like, you know what, this girl isn't worth it, and then just walks off, and then he's like, yes and i'm just like this is disgusting yeah he's he's it's so gross he's like oh let me get her while she's vulnerable also she doesn't seem in like like yeah it's implied like oh well she's not as you know whatever and it's like also popular if, seeming if or this white girl just took her because oh, it's one of those things where it's like they could they dressed her badly they dressed her badly they gave her very infantile pigtails even though she's at the club and it doesn't make sense to have pigtails at the club and she has these kind of like retro glasses it's not even the retro glasses it's the fact that her bangs touch her glasses that's the problem yeah it's like every, it's like she's obviously just badly styled like everything's unflattering on her but she's not like like she would totally be cute, you know. So it's it's totally another like take off her glasses, cut her bangs, and give her an outfit that's not like, you know, pajamas. Yeah, um, and what's really annoying about Freddie Prince Jr. too in this movie is that when his friends act like dicks, which is often, he doesn't really do anything because he's too busy up his own ass. Yeah, he's just kind of like, haha. He's he has a very. Freddie Prince Jr.'s character in this movie is very much like a boys will be boys kind of dude. Like, he's, oh, yeah. he's not the one doing all of the super trifling stuff, but he's also very complicit. Um, also, did it bother you that it bothered me? I was so angry about it the whole time. How everyone was able to easily get alcohol when they're supposed to be like 19, 20 years old. Oh, that's funny. That didn't bother me, but that's, I mean... Because I feel like my college experience, it was, I don't know. Everyone, I like, was There just, was always, like, a 22-year-old hanging out who would go buy it or, like, just somebody with an older drinking. boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, that, that didn't really, that didn't phase me because I, like, I feel like when I was younger, it was pretty easy to get. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe it was just my. But it was flowing. It, it was definitely. It was everywhere. Def- they, sometimes they yeah, were drinking out it, of goblets. It was weird that they were supposed to be like, like they were also at bars a lot for, for. And like they the, were getting served. And there yeah. was like nothing. Nobody was like, there wasn't any to like do about bars, like. Uh, but they're freshmen in college. You, you there know, wasn't they're not like any like students. fake ID thing where it was just like, oh yeah, here's my fake. There was none of that. They were just getting served. Yeah, that it was. Because it was a very, it was very centered around alcohol. Yeah, everyone was drinking through all of it. And the goblets, the goblets took me out. I was just like, the fuck? And I, <laughs> it's like, it was like, great because, of course, there's like probably no liquid in there. But it's just like they're just drinking from these empty goblets. Yeah, you're just like, f- why? Like, for why? Where, where do those come from? Like, what is the... <laughs> 
I, I, one of my favorite moments, like college party moments, was when Rosario Dawson. So Rosario Dawson and Julia Stiles are roommates, you know, and and Rosario Dawson tells Julia Stiles that if she puts on this cap that looks like a swimmer's cap, it looks like a, it looked like a, yeah, a swimmer's cap she, or like a book cover. <laughs> yeah, she just is like, yeah, this will help you get more high because it, it like the pores, it blocks the pores in your head, so it like the weed doesn't escape. I was like. That cracked me up because I feel like that is something that would happen in college. Like some, so like fun. some stoner would have like a completely non-scientific fact. <laughs> Just like. Also, everybody was constantly talking about like um, all you can eat sushi dinners, and I don't know why that annoyed me too. <laughs> yeah, like this whole like this movie jumps around so much because it, it's like you forget. Like, there were moments where I would forget that it was supposed to be flashbacks, and then it would just, like, like go to a flashback, and it would have both Julia Stiles and or Freddie Prince Jr., like, narrate. And I think one of the, the parts that creeped me out the most was, um, you know, so Freddie Prince Jr. and Julia Stiles meet at, like, this bar setting, and we don't even know. Like, they flirt, and then, like... Less than five minutes later, there's a shot of her running out of school and she like hugs him and she's like, you're the cutest guy I've ever met. And then it goes to a like a flashback where uh, or, or it goes to like the present day where Julia Stiles is like, yeah, I, I knew I was into him. And I'm like, wait, why? <laughs> right. <laughs> because it was just like their first conversation, like, isn't even that great. She wants to turn on Patsy Cline, but she knows that everybody wants to party. So she knows that Patsy Cline isn't the right thing. And and he's and she's like, do you know Patsy Cline? He's like, yeah, totally. I'm a DJ, which is a lie. <laughs> yeah. A lie that she never like finds out is a lie. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, yeah, Joni Mitchell, too. And he just starts naming female singers, songwriters and goes, my mom's influence. And I was just like, oh, man, just tone it down. <laughs> like, it's not that crazy that you know who Patsy Cline is. Like, she's very famous. Oh, my God. And then she and then just the stuff that they make Julia Stiles say, my mom picked my name out of a name book as if Imogen is just some kind of weird name. It's it's not. It's not. It's just a, it's a name. Yeah. She was, yeah, because when he met her, he's like, oh, Imogen. He was just so excited about everything about her. And the movie just, like, it does this weird pacing thing where it'll speed up. Like, when they first meet, it's, like, the next shot is her telling him that he's the cutest guy. And then it goes to her in the present day. And she's like, yeah, like, I, I knew I was into him. And then and then it'll, like, did, did you also feel like it would speed up a bunch, but then there'd be a, just a bunch of scenes we didn't need? Yeah, like honestly, like, the only the only side character that I loved was Jim Morrison, played by Ashton Kutcher. Oh, that was such a funny character. When we meet Jim Morrison, like he's just doing like it's Ashton Kutcher doing a full Jim Morrison impression, and like he doesn't even talk for most. He doesn't even talk until the end of the movie, and which that's is the so best funny part. Is that it's just him, like and with it's his just hair, like, <laughs> like a leather jacket, and then other people will just be like, "That's Jim Morrison," like, and yeah, it, like and yeah, he's just like super, like he's like super quiet and mysterious, and then he's just like always doing weird stuff in the background. Like there's one time where he's just like stacking eggs. Yeah, like he, like that seems like that was probably the most him and Selma Blair. Um, her character didn't really make sense as an actual human being because um, they made her so cartoony. Yeah. But but she also played it up. Selma Blair is supposed to be a porn actress 
who dropped out of MIT. She was studying biochemistry. She dropped out of MIT to do porn. Like, and she just, for some reason, is constantly hanging around these high, these these college kids. Like, she's just... she's And she's, like, obsessed with Freddie Prince Jr. And she always... So Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad, Henry Winkler, is a... Um, TV uh, chef. He's a TV chef. And Freddie Prince Jr. also wants to be a chef. Um, and so, like, Selma Blair is into Freddie Prince Jr. I mean, she seems like she's down for whatever, but she she especially likes flirting with him, especially after him and Julia Stiles have become a couple. And she always uses these euphemisms about him making her food, but it's obviously sexual. And he gets really... <laughs> He's so uncomfortable with it. Like, that's that's the funny thing. It's like, why is she there? Because at no point is he interested. Yeah, there's this thing about pancakes because he, like, makes Julia Stiles pancakes. Um, and that's, like, I don't know. When, when they fall in love, there's, like, um, a montage about, like, morning sex and how they tell each other they want morning sex and then, like, him making pancakes. So whenever Selma Blair is trying to hit on Freddie Prince Jr., she'll she'll like ask him to make pancakes, but he can't do that because, you know, he's committed to Julia Stiles, but also pancakes are just for her anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was just one of those times that a scripts, script really tries to use a poetic device and it just, it's not working. <laughs> but yeah. you know what it's trying to do. Yeah. The whole cooking thing just like didn't, because I don't believe that Freddie Prince Jr. eats. I don't believe that any of them eat. Oh, any of the characters? Yeah. <laughs> except yeah. for except for like except for um Rosario Dawson's character, Lana. I believe that she eats. Like there's so much of like a motif of like cake. Like there's like cake by the bed. It, like, <laughs> yeah, these feel like college students that like take Adderall in the day and then like drink at night and like eat once a week or something. Like not like eating disorder, just like party thing <laughs> like the party vibe like they don't seem like they make each other freddie prince jr's character does not feel like he like makes julia styles the feasts that this movie claims and he doesn't really sell it as being passionate like he doesn't feel like a chef to well me. the I thing is, is that they like, like the thing about it is that is that i'm so we're supposed to believe that they fuck all the time and i do not believe that no and it's interesting because julia styles has a very sexual energy um, one of my notes was that she has big dick energy because um, <laughs> I wanted to keep it topical. There's like a scene where she's singing Al Green to him in like a comments. It is one of the, it's what's amazing is that like when she did it, it reveals that she is carrying the sexual energy for this entire relationship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, and they're like in a commons room. So like Rosario Dawson's there, like all their friends are there and she's just singing and she's like kind of dancing and like very much come hither. And he's just awkward and blushing and and like i feel like that sums up their sexual energy as a pairing yeah i mean it's and it's weird too because like there's the whole like porn subplot where his friend is <laughs> yeah it's like a very starring in films like called ben huge which which Kyle commented, why not call it Bend Her if you're going to do a better yeah if you're gonna do a pun do a good one yeah and what's funny too is that when they get together, um, 
Julia Stiles is just like, you know, I'd had relationships in high school and I'd never really been single before and I wanted to be single. But, you know, then I met Freddie Prince Jr. and I had to throw away all the rules. And I was just like, what rules could you have possibly had in high school? What are you yeah, talking exactly. about? Yeah, exactly. I was like, how serious were you in high school? Like, like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many relationships can you fit into high school like and have them be serious? It's so strange to me. And yeah, it's just like this movie. So much of this movie is like voiceover of either Freddie Prince Jr. or um, Julia Stiles just saying like, oh, and we were just so in love, but it wasn't easy. And then it'd show like a party scene where they get in a fight about something stupid. And I'd be like, yeah, all of their fights are over stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just seems like they're brats. Yeah, like, like I don't was like, know how to compromise. It just seems like you're a college couple. Like this doesn't seem that special. Like there's not I'm not convinced enough to care. Um, oh my god, when they do the flashbacks of all of their exes, did you notice too they it, it's like a it's like a group montage flashback where we see all of Freddie Prince Jr.'s exes, which makes Freddie Prince Jr. out to be like this some kind of ladies' man, which he does not come off as, as in this movie. No, at he definitely all. doesn't. And then all of all of the um, all the people in the flashback for Julia Styles just look old as hell. It looks like she was dating grown men in high school. Yeah, it does. <laughs> which yeah. Oh, also, oh my gosh, the the scene where they're like talking about their first kiss creeped me out so hard because so it's like this this scene like jumps around a bunch because it's like Julia Stiles and Freddie Prince Jr. within the flashback world asking each other about first kisses, you know, while they're in college. But then there's flashbacks from there to their first kisses, but the flashbacks are played by a child that's playing one of them, and then. Like, there's one with, that's supposed to be Julia Stiles getting her first kiss, but it's, like, a girl that's supposed to look like Julia Stiles, but then it's grown Freddie Prince Jr. talking to her about it. Um, and, oh, yeah. And then the one for him is, like, a boy, and then, like, Julia Stiles asking about it. I don't know. I, I think it was supposed to be an artistic, um, you know, mode of, of giving us this information, but it just felt creepy and disorienting. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, this whole movie is kind of weird because, like, yeah, okay, this whole movie is creepy. You know what's interesting is that we see her meet his parents, but she never, but he never meets her parents. Yeah, and we don't really know unless I just completely missed it. We don't really know. Like, I feel like so much of the movie is also there's this thing like he wants to be a chef, she wants to be an artist, his dad's a chef. But with her, it's like, where did she come from? <laughs> like, yeah, what it's is so her weird. Origin? When she goes to France, uh, it, it, it's mentioned that like her relative is talking to her. It's like, oh, is she French? It was yeah, like, oh, I know. Weird I like, moment. That would, uh, yeah, like there's, there's like, because like he's like really fast. Oh, oh, they're one of their moments where they're supposed to bond. Like one of their first dates, um, they both reveal that they wanted to be singer songwriters. Um, oh and they're like, God. and they're like, oh my God, you too. And I'm like, I mean, these whites. And they're like, and they're like, yeah. When I was a child, I wanted to be a singer, but then I realized I'm not good at it. So now I want to be a chef. She's like, oh my God, same with painting. And I'm like, okay, I think every kid wanted to be a musician at one point. Like, if you wanted to be a musician when you're eight, that's not like that's pretty normal. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyways, uh, they're they. 
yeah, so much of it, I just so much of it is just bullshit. Because like it's like me at the parent. It's such a weird thing. Also, um, uh, when Imogen comes to the cooking show, and oh, and my Henry God. Winkler is like she's perfect. She's she's a tomato, and then like puts the spotlight on her. I was like disgusting. Oh my God. Okay, yeah, the cooking show scene. Henry Winkler has like an eggplant. He he has like a few eggplants, and he uses them, uh, like to talk to the audience about you know how do you know if your produce is good but he's talking about it like it's a woman and it's really creepy and sexist like the first one is like kind of like it's like a a, like a wrinkly eggplant and he's like this one's used up like like this one's been around like he basically slut shames an eggplant oh my god and then he moves on to another one and he's like this one's busted this isn't the shape we want and then he and then he finally moves on to the you know the just right eggplant and then and then he ties that into julia styles because julia styles and freddie prince jr and he like kind of like does a wink at freddie prince jr like you know when you find the right eggplant you gotta i don't know put it in your belly like (laughs) i just i was like this scene is like upsetting me way more than i should give it power to so much of it i mean because so much of it is just like boring white shit like this is this is like this is like one of the first this is the first one in a while where i was just like this is caucasian bullshit oh yeah this is just (laughs) it's just so much fluff like you're like trying to get to substance like they fight during a picnic they go to an art show together they have sex for the first time and he ejaculates prematurely and then she's like he more than makes up for it and then for some reason all of his friends decide that they're going to be like the judges for this relationship like they're just like uh like i don't even understand why they turn on her and they do it in such like an old man kind of way like in college like if your friends don't like your girlfriend they'll just be like fuck that bitch and she's like she's annoying or she's loud or we yeah. don't she's not fun at the party but these guys are just like what you're feeling is infatuation and that is going to fade and then they have the thing with the two goblets where it's like one of them is love and one of them is delusion i'm just like y'all are 19 years old oh yeah no it's it's weird like they this group of friends is so disorienting because they go from overly psychologizing each other which i mean that is something college students would do but the way they do it feels like it just feels like they're jumping around um in age and and not in the flashbacks like 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 just the characters themselves like um, they'll say things like soon those tingles will disappear and i'm yeah just like, and like are you fuck? what are you some oracle who hates your friend's girlfriend like calm down like yeah and it i mean it, and then whenever they do anything that's like high school uh, college it's it's weird because then like for example imogen is going to go to france for the summer and freddie prince jr at first decides that he's gonna be an extra in a porno instead of hang out with her and then like while he's at the shoot he realizes that it's that it's a bad idea and i'm just like i'd believe this if this was like an actual college student but like these giant adult like these these giant adults playing college students yeah like he's like and she's of course disappointed and then he like yeah he leaves the porno shoot and like shows up and like gets in her bed but then like when she goes to france for the summer one of her relatives keeps bringing up marriage and like 
I guess that affects her, but she it's never clarified if she even wants marriage. It's just like it affects the way she thinks. About oh, my Freddie God. Prince yeah. Jr. And it's weird because she becomes like obsessed with marriage and it doesn't make sense because she's too young for she's, it to matter. She's too young for it to matter. And her character doesn't seem like she would care. And she doesn't ever bring it up to him. It's just like a thing that's planted um, yeah, they don't communicate well. No, they don't. Like, she comes back, and I guess, like, things are supposed to, like, things are just, they just feel different. There's, like, a conversation between Freddie Prince Jr. and his dad where he's like, yeah, I don't know. She got back from France, and it just feels different. And, and she's, like, smoking more pot, like, with Rosario Dawson. And, like, and his dad is just like, well, relationships are work, which is, like, the one time I don't want to punch his dad in the face because um, I'm like, that's true. Uh, yeah, and it's like, like whenever something bad happens, they're just like, oh, it's a sign. And it's like, no, it's not. No, it's, it's a fight. It's called life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and like they end up like having a pregnancy scare. Um, and like she it's implied that she would probably get an abortion, um, but she wants him to leave her alone because she's really upset. But then it's like a false alarm and she's not pregnant. But, like, the relationship has already, like, this has somehow ruined their relationship but more. But before this happens, he has a whole fucking thing where he's inside the man show with Jimmy Kimmel and Oh, Adam my gosh. Carolla. Yes. Oh, that made me so, and that was, like, a dream, right? Yes, he has, but but Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla are in this movie because of this stupid dream. He shows up in the man show and and like I, I guess he wanted to fuck Julia Stiles and she wasn't interested. And so all the men on the show just like berate him because he can't get sex from his own girlfriend. Like it's rapey as hell. Like and then they're just like <laughs> it's so rape because he's just like, well, she doesn't want to, and they're like doesn't matter what she wants and i'm like uh <laughs> it's so crazy because like they're like what do you major in he's like liberal arts but i want to do cooking and then they're just like so you're bi and you want to go gay <laughs> that's, <laughs> oh my God. that's hilarious that's, that's what they said <laughs> oh my god why did i miss that i'm uh, sorry that it is was insane wow like the stuff that saying this yeah, no, I, that, that like that woke me up that I montage like, i was like what is happening yeah because there i know at one point he goes i'm trying to respect her and then and then um i think it's adam carolla i mean it, it would make sense who says you know what women respect not being respected yeah and yep. i was like fucking kill me <laughs> oh I my god i can't this. believe this it is so weird too because like Freddie Prince Jr. seems kind of like metrosexual. He just doesn't come off bro-y in this movie. No, he doesn't. And, like, his friends are, like, bro-adjacent, you know? Um, yeah, but they're, like... But like it's they're, like, like, they're all, like, like, a little bit weird, you know? I don't know. It's just weird that there's this, like, thing where he's supposed to be bro-y and care about these this value system that he doesn't seem like he actually has. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it'll come up random ways. Like later at the party where uh, where uh, <laughs> where Cyrus really tries to make her move on Freddie Prince Jr., um, they started the party by someone saying, no one goes thirsty, no one goes homo. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that homophobia... Like the, ho the homophobia in this movie wow. is like all over the place. Like I'm like, yeah. I mean, it starts with the finger in the butt, and then it continues with this dream sequence. 
Oh okay. my god. And then and then finally the only fun thing is Jim Morrison, Ashton Kutcher finally starts talking. And it's just like it's like being Oh my god. It's like being with a woman and we're spooning, but while we spoon, we make music. Yeah, and he's like he's like whenever I play bass, it's like being with a woman. And he like he's like he share he's like I've dropped out of college. And then there's like this party scene where um, he's he's like kind of hitting on Imogen, but like his character is so non-threatening; it doesn't even feel. It's like so weird. And then like Freddie Prince Jr. gets like so territorial, so alpha about it because this is after his nightmare. So, and you know. so, it, and so, what's funny is that like after that, Imogen fucks him. Imogen, like, yeah, like Imogen, this, this is which like, is so interesting, and her. <laughs> Her reasoning is, I, I wrote this down because I couldn't believe that a 19-year-old was saying this. I wanted my youth back. Oh, yes. That line killed me. I oh, was like, my God. I need to go for a walk. This is a lot. Uh, this is a lot for me to take it's in. It's so wild. Also, do you notice, I that was the scene where I noticed um, in the room scene that for some reason there's a map of Africa. <laughs> like by Freddie Prince Jr.'s but I noticed that I was like I keep on seeing the word Africa yeah. in the shot it's like over and over it's, yeah. it's such a weird placing there's, <laughs> there's like an easter egg there somehow <laughs> like but yeah, yeah finally um, Freddie Prince Jr. says uh, says a cuss word which is like I think the only time I've ever heard him say one where he was just where he's like get the fuck out yeah because like it's like he he gets all jealous at the party before he like before Julia South sleeps with Jim Morrison because Jim Morrison's like, yeah, she's going to make my album art. And then it's like Freddie Prince Jr. is so mad that his girlfriend would do anything without telling him. And then, of course, she fucks Jim Morrison because she wants to get her youth back. Her yeah. youth back. And then she's like tearfully telling Freddie Prince Jr. like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And he's just like, get the fuck out. And he like throws a small lamp like after she's left. Um, yeah, and, it, and I it don't was, care. It I was don't at this care. Like it was at this point in the movie that I was like, I can't keep track of all the ways this movie sucks. Like, yeah, I really oh, can't. No, it's like truly, uh, it's a a very intricate web of shit. And then he just like falls into alcoholism. He just keeps on like passing out in piles of PBR cans. She literally moves away. She's like, I can't be here anymore. I can't even make art here anymore because of you. And so like there's this scene where she says that and then she like moves away. He ends up having a tryst with with Selma Blair, but he can never make her pancakes. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, and Selma Blair doesn't seem pressed. She seems like she just wanted to get laid and she had fun flirting with him. And then he loses it and he opens a box of her, their relationship things and in the box is a bottle of her shampoo which i find it like i can't believe that he has it one no. but like i thought okay he's gonna sniff it or he's gonna use it or he's gonna rub it all over himself he instead drinks the entire bottle of shampoo so extra i wanted him to die that's how much i hate this movie i, I was like I, could he just die so it could just end that would be great honestly um yeah it, it was so and then of course you know he's he like he goes to the hospital because um you know you're not supposed to drink shampoo and i'm assuming this wasn't like a good organic brand 
you know, full of like mango puree or whatever. So, yeah, after that, he gets out and it's like he's trying to like, you know, figure out what life is. And then he runs into uh, Zach or or and like their friendship had ended. Um, yeah, their friendship had like ended when Zach was like really getting in the porn world. It was just it just kind of fizzled out. And, and they have like kind of this apology, like where Zach's like, oh, I don't do well with open wounds. Like and he says something like. Like you were always my prince. Like they have a moment where I'm like, was Zach in love with him? I honestly think that like a more interesting movie would be all those men were in love with each oh, other. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, and then and then they're looking. They're standing on a balcony. I can't even remember where because it doesn't fucking matter. And they're looking at a park, and Zach is just like, and he's like, "I heard you tried to take your life." And Freddie Prince Jr. is like, "No, I, I was trying to perform a like romantic exorcism." <laughs> and then and then they're like you know, silent, poignantly. And then Zach points at the park and he's like, hey, just think about, like, how many loves found and lost there? How many people have lost a Frisbee? How many people have gotten sunburned? Like, some bullshit. White nonsense. And then he goes, that's your park. And it's supposed to be deep. And I really feel like the screenwriter was like, yeah, this is going to be a moment. Like this guy, obviously, uh, like, like that. This was like a pallbearer moment. I was my, like, "This is trying." My hypothesis about this movie is that this guy wrote and directed a movie about a girl who cheated on him in college. Honestly, like I just feel like, yeah, but like gave it a happy ending, which is nice. I mean, it wasn't just like a that bitch. It felt like a journal entry because it was so disjointed and so navel gazy and so boring to anyone who it's not about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, and it just felt like yeah, it just felt like this white guy was just kind of like writing about his own feelings because there was nothing. It's like it was such an internal thing that he didn't realize that what he was doing was boring. Yeah, like it because it didn't seem like it was trying. It seemed like it did what it was trying to do. It didn't seem like it was trying to um, entertain anyone. No, like, it just it felt like, like something he needed to get out of the process. This yeah. was like going back and forth in time. This was. Yeah, this was like a processing, and um, I would love to never process it with yeah, this man's Yeah, it's like they, they meet again, Ugh. and then they decide to get back together, and then they're like, how are we going to make this work this time? And they're just like, oh, well, we're more grown up, so it's going to work this time. And then it's like, and then the voiceover is like, so I got it. I moved to her city, and I got a job at a four-star restaurant. And I was like, oh, yeah, white people forgot. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, like, I just got a job. I just got money in a place somewhere else. I'm fine. <laughs> and, like, their apartment when we see it during the like at the end and as they're dancing in the credits it's like they have a nice apartment all of a sudden in it's san just, francisco it's like almost the most just, expensive city in the u.s it's yeah. almost just like they're two rich white people and their problems weren't real and none of it matters and and the they end, never like actually did enough self-reflection to realize that maybe that was just a moment in their lives and they could move on and meet other people yeah and it's yeah and now they're just kind of like stuck with each other and like they don't really have anything in common and he all he does is like he lip syncs and to a spoon and sings the song once again a song by a black person even though there's no black people in this movie yeah um, <laughs> I think Rosario Dawson is the only person who's not white in this movie yeah and of course they made her just like smoke i mean she seemed like she was having more fun so you know yeah and they, they but, yeah like 
You know, at least when Noah Baumbach made this movie, it was kicking and screaming, and kicking and screaming was at least kind of funny. Yeah, like, there's so many movies about college or or rom-coms set in college that, like, succeed or at least feel like a movie and not like a diary, like a video diary. Yeah. Like, you got the money and the resources to get a bunch of actors to reenact, yeah. like, this relationship this you seems, can't get over. This seems like a movie made by a guy who's only had one girlfriend and he's not over her yet. Yeah. And like he's he like other women have been interested in him for whatever reason, but he's like so emotionally unavailable because of like someone he knew when he was twenty. It's so it's so boring. It's boring. Don't it's boring. like there's no reason to watch absolutely this. don't watch it. Never. Um Yeah, absolutely. Especially because there's so many people in here that are in other good movies. Everyone in this movie has been in better things. Yeah, everybody. Everyone. So, yeah. I mean, I don't even. (sighs) Yeah. Do to do. Down to you. Really got it. (laughs) It got down on us. Oh my god. (laughs) I don't know. It just cares. Literally is bullshit. This is a great example of what happened um, after Kevin Smith made Clerks, which was that every white dude who went to film school decided that they were going to make a movie also about their life and it was going to be interesting even though Kevin Smith was funny. Noah Baumbach was funny and had style. Wes Anderson was funny and he had style and you can't and that's why they kept making things afterwards and we don't remember Yeah, (laughs) shit like this. Yeah. But it just seems like in the 90s, in the early 2000s, it was just like everybody was just like, it was all okay. Like, it was like every, memoir fiction. Yeah. Every white guy, every white guy has a story. And no, they don't. They actually do not yeah. all have a story. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the best way to really sum up this movie. No, not all white men have a story. Honestly, just watch Kicking and Screaming. Honestly. Yeah. Just what and like, yeah. This this isn't you know because sometimes we'll and we'll, I'm talking we'll, about uh, the kicking and screaming from the '90s, not the one with Will Ferrell. You should know what I'm talking about. We'll post our episodes, um, and and when I like promote it on my Facebook, people will be like, "Oh, I really want to hate watch this now." Please don't hate watch this. No, <laughs> like really, like I'm I'm trying to save you. Like some of them, I'm like, yeah, go ahead, hate it yourself. But this just just love yourself more than to watch this. Yeah, treat yourself good. Yeah. Um, I mean, next week, I I feel like statistically the movie actually will be better than this one because this is a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes and we both agree with that. Yeah, for like one of the first times. It's like, no, Rotten Tomatoes is right. Like everybody was brutal and they had a point. So next week it'll be better. It will. Make sure to rate and subscribe, review... Follow us on Twitter. Do all the stuff. Absolutely. Tell we're your friends about Google us. Google Play. We're, you, we have a website. We're, we love you. We do. We love you. We're just tired right now. Yeah. All right. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye. Bye.
Yeah, back it up, back it up. 